Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 10 through 14, called The Curse and the Blessing. This idea of the law in Jewish circles is captured in one word called Torah. T-O-R-A-H. Torah. That's the word for law in Hebrew. Torah means the teaching, the instruction. But ultimately, Torah in the Hebrew picture language means to hit the mark. To hit the mark. So imagine... Let's say that you went to a basketball game. Let's say you went to the Lakers game and they picked you out of the crowd for that half-court shot. Seen that before? You you get one shot from half-court and you can heave it up there and if you make it, you win a million dollars. That'd be cool, huh? But one shot at it, (laughs) half-court, that's hard for a pro to make a half-court shot, let alone you, right? But let's say that you, you get the magic ticket and you're brought to half court to take the one shot for a million dollars. Now, there's people that make it. But imagine that you had to make that shot 10 times in a row. Imagine that you had to make that shot every day, 10 times a day, for the rest of your life. Imagine if you miss the shot, they kill you. Imagine if a guy with a revolver says, You make the shot, you live. You miss the shot, you die. <laughs> I mean, the illustration might break down somewhere along the line, but that's kind of what's happening here with the law. You could talk about you're a baseball player, and every time you get up, you have to hit a home run. We know the best players are batting 340, 350, 300 is considered, and that's failing seven out of 10 times. Walk that out to a dart game. How many times can you hit the bullseye? See, Torah means to hit the mark, to hit the mark, to hit the mark. And a lot of us hit the mark a good amount of the time. The problem is we miss the mark. And the, to miss the mark is the essence of the word sin. See, that's the problem is that I don't always hit the mark. I don't always make the shot. I don't always hit a home run. I wish I could, but I can't. I fall short of God's standard of perfection. And Jesus comes on the scene and preaches one of the most famous sermons called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. People think that the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus telling us how we should live. Oh, that's part of it. But part of his purpose in the Sermon on the Mount is to show you that you don't really understand the depth of the law. You've heard it said you should not commit adultery, but I say to you, if you look with lust. You've heard it said you should not commit murder, but I say to you, if you hate your brother in your heart, you're a murderer. And one after the other, Jesus begins to reveal the depth of the law. See, the law is not simply just about how I look at other people's eyes, the law is truly a searchlight into my heart. And the closer I get to God's holiness, the more I realize how many times I've missed the shot. 
How many times I have fallen short of God's standards. So Jesus shows up. And he begins to show people what it looks like to truly live the way God intended us to live. See, the Judaizers may have been using this verse for the Gentile converts. You've got to keep the law. We can quote scripture. But Paul turns the tables and says, don't you realize that as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. If you're taking notes, uh, this is a quotation from Deuteronomy 27, 26. There are some who believe it's supplemented with Deuteronomy 28, 58. Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now, I'll save you the time for a second, but you can go back and look at this. If you read Deuteronomy 26 through 30, you'll see that the people of Israel are about to enter the promised land, and Moses is speaking to the people, and he's talking to them about when they cross over. And just to kind of summarize a lot of chapters, this is basically what Moses says. If you obey God's law, you'll be blessed and fruitful and healthy and prosperous, and God will keep your enemies from you. But if you start to worship idols, if you go the other way, curses will be upon you. In fact, in the chapter that I just quoted to you, there are 12 curses pronounced upon Israel if they don't keep the law. Cursed if you do this. Cursed if you do that. Cursed. Blessed if you do this. Cursed if you don't. And this is, these are some hard chapters. And you begin to read the list of things expected of Israel, and you realize they blew it on every single count. It didn't take long until the peoples of the land began to influence them negatively. It didn't take long until they began to imbibe the false religions of the nations and worship idols and you name it. If you've ever read through it, you know how ugly it gets. You know how even the family chosen by God had so much major dysfunction, so many problems, so many issues. You're like, how could a Messiah ever come from this family? Have you looked at your family lately? <laughs> Sorry, anyway. <laughs> don't look at anybody right now. We don't. You see, the moment that you rely on the law instead of faith, you place yourself under a curse. The preposition under hupo in Greek is connected with the law. This writer says either directly or indirectly, a total of 10 times in Galatians, in each occurrence, it expresses a situation of being under the authority or power of that which it modifies. In Galatians 3.22, it's under sin. 3.23, under the law. 3.25, under a pedagogue. 4.2, under guardians and trustees. Under the basic principles of the world, Galatians 4.3. To be under is literally to see yourself as under the weight of something, imprisoned by it under its power and authority. Always winter, never Christmas. I need a Savior. Anybody else feel cold? You see, this is the world without a Savior. This is the world trying to perform the law without the grace of God, without a perfect one, without a Redeemer. We miss the mark. You say, but 
if the law is holy and good, why would it be an issue to challenge people like this? The issue is if you challenge people that you get saved this way because you put people in a position where they could never do it. The reason it puts you under a curse is because you can't keep the law. Not in its entirety. Not in the inward parts. Not consistently enough to meet the demands of a holy God. Now, that no one is justified by the law, note that in verse 11, no one, no exceptions, not even Abraham, is justified by the law before God is evident. For it says, the righteous man shall what? Live by faith. See the phrase shall live in verse 11? That's the idea of eternal life. It's not so much how the man walks out his life, it's his trust in God. He shall live by faith. Abraham, held up as an example in 6 through 9, was a man who believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The second scripture Paul quotes here is Habakkuk 2.4. Now if you've ever read the book of Habakkuk, it's only three chapters. And if you read it later on, you can tell your friends, I read a whole book of the Bible yesterday. Take you about five minutes to read Habakkuk. And one of the things that scholars say about Habakkuk is God is predicting the Babylonians are going to take the southern kingdom and Habakkuk trusts the Lord through it all. In fact, it says, uh, he will continue to trust the Lord even if the fig tree does not blossom and vines are lacking fruit. Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. Habakkuk is a paradigm of a man of faith even in the midst of judgment. Paul says this verse proves that the righteous man shall live by faith. Here's a quote. Faith is not a blind thing, for faith begins with knowledge. It is not a speculative thing, for faith believes facts, which are sure. It is not an unpractical, dreamy thing, for faith trusts and stakes its destiny upon the truth of revelation. Faith is the eyes which look. Faith is the hand which grasps. Faith is the mouth which feeds upon Christ. Look at verse 12. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Good master, good teacher, what shall I do? What good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? He runs up to the Lord, wealthy, prosperous. What a great question. Jesus says, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God alone. Jesus is not denying his deity, just showing the man the standard. He says, you know the commandments. He quotes some of the commandments. What's the rich young ruler say? All these I've kept from my youth up. What do I still lack? Jesus says, you want to know? Okay. Go and sell everything that you have. Give it to the poor. Follow me and you'll have treasures in heaven. What did the rich young ruler do? Okay. I'll have a garage sale Saturday. Uh-uh. You know what he did? His face fell and he walked away sorrowfully because he had great wealth. Now, the rich young ruler is an example of a man who wasn't keeping the commandments, his God was mammon. Jesus attacked his God. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. If your church isn't able to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Follow me and you'll have treasures in heaven. What did the rich young ruler do? Okay, I'll have a garage sale Saturday. Uh-uh. You know what he did? His face fell and he walked away sorrowfully because he had great wealth. Now, the rich young ruler is an example of a man who wasn't keeping the commandments. His God was mammon. Jesus attacked his God. You think you keep the commandments? Okay, let's talk about your deity. Let's talk about the God that you truly worship. Go and sell your God. Give your stuff to the poor and follow me, and then you'll have true treasure. Rich young ruler, uh uh. You see, once our God truly gets exposed, now we got to deal with what we truly worship. And all God's people said, ouch. Right? See, this is what the law does. This is what Jesus, God in human flesh, does. When he talked to people, he was able to see through all the stuff and get right to the heart of the matter. Paul's words are not a rejection of the goodness of the law, for the law comes from God. Paul's words are a rejection of our goodness. The teachings of the, in the synagogues of that time taught that, one, God had revealed himself once and for all and exclusively in the Torah. Two, man has his relationship with God in his relationship with Torah. Three, the aim of Torah, as Gutbord continues, is to show man what he should do and not do in order that, obedient to the Torah, he may have God's approval, righteousness, and life in the future world. Jesus shows up on the scene. The religious leaders, so big on Torah, so big on Abraham, Jesus says, they sit in the chair of Moses. Do what they say to do, but don't do what they do because they don't do what they preach. See, Jesus knew everybody's heart. He goes into the temple area where it's supposed to be a house of prayer for all the nations. What did it become? A money-changing industry. And Jesus 
turn the tables over. Why? To show what was really going on. Here's the problem. We just can't live up to the law's demands. The law's gaze renders one guilty and thus under a curse. Each scripture Paul quotes reveals another facet of this reality. You say, well, what do we do? If that's the case, remember the disciples at one point in Jesus' ministry said, said, then who can be saved? If this is the way things are, well, with man, impossible. But with God, how many things are possible? All things. Even our salvation. Now we get to the answer to the crisis and the curse. Christ, what did he do? 13, he redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, here's another scripture quotation, Deuteronomy 21:23 is the quote, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You guys remember the book of Esther when Haman, he was from the 70s, Hey, man. Uh, anyway, he, uh, some of you got that. Some of you had too many pancakes. That's all right. Uh, so remember, he hates Mordecai. And he, he finally sets this up so that Mordecai can be hung on the gallows. But in an interesting twist of events, he, Haman, ends up on his own, his own hanging instrument on the gallows. And it's not pretty. When they would do this to somebody and they would put them on display, it was typically after you were killed for a capital crime, they would hang your body on a tree as a warning to anyone who would break the law. Deuteronomy 21.23 says, Cursed is anyone who hangs upon a tree. This is part of the reason why the religious leaders said to the people, he cannot be the Messiah, for he is on a tree, Deuteronomy 21, 23, therefore he is cursed. And in one sense, they were right. In fact, if you read enough on this, scholars will call this an exchange curse, where Jesus becomes cursed in our place so that we don't have to Experience the curse. In the original movie, uh, The Exorcist, there's a story about a couple of priests who try to deliver the girl Reagan in the movie. And it's a terrible uh, situation and powers of darkness and everything. And this is, this is Hollywood, but here's what happens at the end of the movie. And it illustrates the point. There's a young priest who gets involved and finally the demon, you know, he's wrestling with the demon and he says, if you won't release her, take me, take me. And his face begins to change as the demon invades his body and he, he goes running and he, and he crashes through a window to his death. Now that's Hollywood. But it illustrates a point, and here's the point. Jesus takes the curse he absorbs the curse. He drinks the poison. He's treated on the cross as though he had committed my sin and your sin, though he was perfectly innocent. Some of you have been studying the book of Job with us on Wednesdays. And the book of Job is confusing to a lot of people, and they're wondering, why did God do this to Job? I don't get it. And we've called the whole series The Problem of Evil and the Power of the Gospel. This is extremely important to understand about the book of Job. 
Job is a foreshadowing of Jesus. Job is an innocent sufferer. God says he's a righteous man. He's one of the greatest men of the East. He has compassion on people. He's he's a, a man of worship and prayer and righteousness. He's blameless when it comes to the outward keeping of the law. And Job begins to suffer in that book. And it's because Satan... Uh, wages an attack that God allows. And in chapter 30, we studied this Wednesday night, Job has gotten so low in his life that the lowest people of society, as he sits on the ash heap in suffering and agony, they walk by and spit in his face. They have songs about him. Oh, Job the joke, look at you. Spitting in his face. They have circles around him. They sing these songs day and night. And Job is so weak, he cannot defend himself. He has gone from the heights of blessing and prosperity to the depths of the ash heap so that the lowest dregs of society have fun and sport mocking Job. And he says, oh God, where are you? Oh God, what have I done? Job is a picture of the greater Job, Jesus, the ultimate innocent sufferer. In order to make sense of the book of Job, you have to see the idea that Job is a foreshadowing of Jesus, the ultimate innocent sufferer, and that's a big thing, a big theme of the book of Job is this idea of redemptive suffering. The Redeemer came to suffer in our stead. Christ suffered for us the just for the unjust, 1 Peter 3, 18, in order to bring us to God. That's the gospel. You've been listening to The Curse and the Blessing, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you'd like to connect with our church, we have a free app that lets you know everything we're doing online and in person. You can contact us, learn about the adult and kid Bible studies, when our church services are, what our next free 633 event will be, and you can listen to our podcast. So download the Living Truth app in your app store today. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, you may be feeling the frustration (laughs) of so many people right now. And I have to say, as Pastor Michael, here I am at a microphone speaking to you and dealing with a lot of the church stuff going on here in Southern California. And California is a state which is now, uh, there's a declaration now that churches can only meet outside. And there's a lot of frustration and a lot of talk and a lot of different opinions, and, and you may be a person who's just feeling that frustration, and maybe your frustration is not so much about you know, managing a church or dealing with you know, differing opinions or whatever, uh, although I, I'm sure that's part of it. But it could be your business. It could be um, a relationship. It could be tension. It could be that you are feeling just simply fearful and desperate. And this is where the Christian faith, the gospel that says you're saved by grace and not by works, you're saved on your bad days as much as you are on your good days, is such good news. Good news for situations just like this, where our country is 
reeling in many ways. There's so much division, but there is a constant, and this is what we've been saying in this series in Galatians. The gospel is based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ, death, resurrection, triumphant resurrection, ascension into heaven, his current ministry to the church. If you are a brother or sister in Christ, to you, he loves you. So hang in there because you're going to make it through. Just keep leaning into the Lord. And I'm saying that for me as well. Well, hey, if you need prayer, speaking of reaching out, we have a phone number that you can call at 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH. Call that number during normal business hours. Some of you have been uh, emailing us prayer requests. That's wonderful, and we're praying for you. You can also call and speak to a pastor Tuesday through Friday during normal business hours. One more time, 844-48-TRUTH. Remember, you can always visit the website at walkintruth.com. There's a lot there for you to take in and continue to grow. And we're so glad you're listening. This is Pastor Michael, and we will catch you, Lord willing, tomorrow right here on Walk in Truth. And one more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do our free apologetic events. All part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how it applies to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And thanks to everyone who's been giving $5 and much more, actually, in the past few months. You are a blessing to this show. And join us tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14, called The Curse and the Blessing. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. 